Welcome to the Encouragement Engineering Podcast, where listeners will be encouraged with positive thoughts and actions that can be applied to combat that negativity that inundates our daily lives. Guiding people to see a positive perspective in personal and professional life events. Now, here is your host, Bob Brum, the Encouragement Engineer. Welcome to the Encouragement Engineering Podcast. We help people to combat the negativity that inundates our daily lives with a positive perspective and positive action. Today's guest is Peter Anthony. Peter is an author, a speaker, and a master in professional communication. As an expert of collaboration and commercial relationship development, Peter has run workshops for thousands of people in 12 countries for over 20 years. He consults to Fortune 500 companies to help them achieve better, smarter outcomes for more effective internal and external relationships. His book, Collabradabra, highlights the six moments that matter to maximize collaborative outcomes and conversations at a time, at one conversation at a time. So please welcome <laughs> to the show, Peter Anthony. There's a lot of C's in there as I'm reading that, <laughs> realizing that. Peter, thanks you for, thank you for being here today. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. Well, good morning for me from Sydney, Australia, to you and, and your listeners. Well, great. Well, why don't we tell people about you? Um, obviously, you're from Australia, but let's get into how you got to where you are today. I always like to know the background story, if you will. Yeah, well, I think, Bob, like 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 many people, it's, it's my mum's fault. My, my mother's <laughs> to blame for, for where I am now. I mean, uh, when I was a, I was a very introverted uh, boy and she came from a big family, we always had lots of family. Her her brothers, my uncle, and all their kids would come over on a Sunday for a big lunch. And I just wanted to sit in my room and read a book. Didn't really want to go out and talk to them all. And my mum kept encouraging me, encouraging me. And she said, look, just, just come out. And she said, just ask your uncle Harry some questions. So sure enough, I came out, I asked questions, and he was giving me these awesome stories I listened to, which I, I really loved. And I got interested in this whole idea of, just talking to people and asking them questions mm -hmm. and not necessarily making any points myself. And, and my mum got me thinking about the importance of just talking to people. And yeah. she instilled in my brain that, that a relationship is basically a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, if, if, if you think about the great relationships you have, whether it's a great romantic relationship or a great friendship or a great business relationship, it's all about the quality of the conversation. And, and and that that idea just um, percolated, if you like, with me uh, for many years. Uh, and uh, I started uh, in sales roles. I found that the more I tried to sell, the less I sold. Mm -hmm. And I and I was looking I was looking for an alternative, Bob. And it took me ten years. It wasn't just like oh yeah, presto. I just I thought right. it was just like this. It, uh, it it took ten years to to develop, and and hence Collaborate Abra, which is where I am now. Well, that's great because, I mean, that is so important, whether it's sales or anything. I mean, you do want to realize there's there's more to life than a, a small interaction, if you will, like saying, hi, how are you scenario. But that that relationship building, I, I appreciate you you saying that because it is so important. We can do more than these, um, if you will, lapel hellos, if you will. You know, they always talk about lapel Christians. Well, what about a lapel hello? You can talk more to people and, you know, ask more about them. And that's, that's intriguing. So what are some of the key moments that you talk about to 
that maybe influenced you to, if you will, go into this and, and your interest in this? Well, it, it's interesting, Bob. It, it really, one of the things that attracted me about your podcast uh, was this whole idea of uh, encouragement engineering and reducing negativity. And uh, the reason I'm interested in that is because uh, I talk about having three intentions before you have a collaborative conversation. And one of those intentions is to be optimistic because we know uh, from a communication perspective, we know that uh, optimists are more influential. I don't mean crazy optimism, uh, <laughs> but I mean, if, if, if you if you have a if you have a, an intention of making something better through talking with someone, that's a really useful intention to start. The second intention clearly is is being collaborative, like being deliberately, demonstratively collaborative with the person you're talking to. Hey, look, I've, Bob, I've got a great outcome for you and a great outcome for me too. How can we go about making that happen? Uh, and the third one is being authentic, just being genuine and being yourself. Because uh, then you can you can build really high quality relationships. Uh, you, you might build less relationships when you're authentic, but you're going to have a deeper, more meaningful, more useful and resourceful relationships, if you like. So that's where the starting point is to deliberately have those those three, like be thinking like that. That's that's the mindset you have when you're walking into these conversations. That's where I'd start, Bob. And that's a great point that you you mentioned that the mindset alone. I mean, because what we think about in our mind, our, our, you know, actions follow that and, you know, our outcomes follow that as well. So, you know, with, are you thinking, you know, I, I go back to sales. I mean, sales is a hard scenario and you're going to get people that say no a lot. Um, is that mindset you have to have going into this, you know, it's got to be somewhat positive to focus on that relationship then, right? Absolutely. And I think, Bob, the reason people say no, and the reason I know this is because, as you mentioned, I've run workshops all over the world, thousands of people, and we work on real life scenarios. So we say, look, bring your most difficult situation, your most challenging customer, your most challenging account, if you like, into the room, and, and we'll work through these techniques in real environments. So I know in multiple environments that usually the reason selling doesn't work is because it puts distance between you and the person you're selling to. Right. Uh, it's going to make them skeptical of what you're saying. Uh, it's going to uh, make them put downward pressure on rates. And it's going to make it much more challenging. It feels contrived. I mean, I'm sure your listeners have been sold to it. It just feels weird. It doesn't feel yeah. comfortable. Um, so uh, to reduce that um, that negativity and, I guess, increase the comfort level, uh, if if we start the conversation uh, by saying, look, Bob, I'm, I'm really keen for uh, this this for, to work for you and I, and let's have a conversation around how that could happen. Mm -hmm. uh, and if not, that's terrific. We haven't wasted any more time. If yes, let's look at how we can explore that together. It just changes the tone because it takes the pressure off and it means you and I are both working towards the same purpose as opposed to me trying to push something onto you. Like I love those right. old sales books. Uh, like guys like from guys like Tom Hopkins and some of the early stuff like it, like all these closing techniques and like, you know, your trick and that they ring the bell in the office when someone closes somebody. And you think uh, uh, when I think about selling, I, I think more about opening relationships rather than closing sales. Right. And some clients I've had fortunately for over 20 years, Bob, yeah. uh, because uh, that's and, and sometimes I don't sell anything for two years to them. Right. But when I do, it's 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 great. Yeah. It's, it just works. Yeah, it just works. 
Well, and it's a good reminder you said that because Zig Ziglar used to say that same thing. Build those relationships. Don't worry about closing the sale. Closing is finite. It's an ending. Why not be open about it? Why not think of the opportunities and possibilities in that relationship? is. I'm going to remember you not by what you sold me, but the way you made me feel. And that's exactly, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I I love Zig too. I remember one of his books was, I'll see you at the top. Yep. I've got it on my shelf right over there. (laughs) And I I love that accent too. It just took so long to say anything. I said, Zig, speed it up. (laughs) But he made it I really, really, Yeah, yeah, I I really enjoyed Zig. And he, I mean, I don't think he used the word collaboration or he may have, I can't recall him using it, but his philosophy was very much um, uh, the early the early seeds, if you like, of this approach, which I guess was one of the reasons why it was so popular. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He had a way about it. He made you feel comfortable. And that's what I liked about what you do, because that relationship is critical. And we don't want to be, like you said, if you're going to be sold something, you're going to be on edge. And when's that other shoe going to drop? You know, you're waiting for that. And people don't like that. They don't want to be on edge. Let's set the expectation. Let's be up front. We're people. we're busy you know if you got things to do i get it you know it's not the right time i understand Uh, but you know if you have a relationship it makes it that much easier to yeah we'll talk about it maybe maybe we will maybe we won't get the sale today um you know it's a different aspect and it it moves around because then then people want to buy from you and i know people that i buy from like in commercial relationships i want to buy from them i like them i like their approach i like their product i like the relationship and I want to support them. And and customers are people that you can support. And it's interesting, more recently, there was some work that came out of um, Harvard. They did a, a, a global study on customer centricity, looking at the organizations who are most customer centric. And they found they had the most, the most profitable sales growth of any other organizations. Plus, they had this really interesting relationship called customer advocacy, mm-hmm. which is where the customers are advocating you internally. Now, if you think about selling, if you like, most of the selling that's done for what you're selling is done when you're not there Yeah. by your customer or by their colleagues. They're selling you. They say, hey, Bob's a great guy. We should get him involved here. This is a great product. They're, they're doing that uh, internally, uh, if you like. Right. Uh, and that advocacy relationship is what we're all attempting to develop. So we turn our customers into salespeople for us. Yeah, you can't be everywhere at once. Why not build a team? <laughs> you know, it's a great way to build a team. You, you know, yeah, you, you can replicate. You can replicate, and it's an interest, an interesting thought because, it, and I think it's the same. Um, my wife and I were looking at um, buying a new car recently, uh, and we sometimes we went together looking at cars, sometimes separately. Uh, and I remember uh, I went separately with her to one dealership. I saw a car I really liked. And I was selling it hard to her. I was selling it harder to her than the salesman was selling it to me. <laughs> so, like somebody I, I was wanted their toy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I, I thought this is a great car. You know, this this is this is really cool. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting how it works because it, it, it's real. It's real life. I mean, it's not like uh, a good a good a good sales relationship is like a, a good any like a good friendship, for example. We've got very similar characteristics. Right. Well, there's some interesting things you talk about in the book, and you talk about six moments that matter when you're in a collaborative conversation. Can you fill us in on some of those? 
absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, there's six, but everyone's got steps or moments or stages. Uh, for, for me, they're moments because they're, they're moments in the relationship where mm-hmm. where you, you get a sense of feeling something needs to happen. And the first of those moments, moment number one, is before the conversation takes place. And that is uh, having a, a deliberate goal or deliberate intention for what the conversation is going to achieve. And we break that down into three things. You want to, uh, it's going to be about changing how someone's feeling, what they're doing, um, or how they're thinking. Um, so uh, I might need to uh, think of, think about how you're thinking about what I'm selling and potentially help you understand a different way of thinking about how you're getting a solution. Because after all, if I'm selling a product, I'm likely to know much more about this than you do. Right. Like, for example, recently I, I was working with an organization that, that sells conveyor belts of all things, huge conveyor belt systems right. globally. And I said, you know what, guys? I mean, the people that you're talking to making these decisions, they make, make a decision on conveyor belts maybe once every 10 years. Yeah. So you guys know so much more about conveyor belts than they do or trucks or whatever else you're selling. So a lot of this is going to be educational. So it can be an educational goal. It it could be um, you want to change what they're doing. You want to change a procedure they have or perhaps most importantly, change how they're feeling. If it's early stages, help them feel more comfortable, more confident with you or your organization or what it is that you're selling. So that's the first part. You think, well, what's going to be different? in a beneficial way for them at the end of the conversation as compared to the beginning. That's And that's moment number one before the conversation takes place. Right. That's where it starts. Does that make sense? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then, and then, and then, and then there's five more, right? Yeah. Well, tell uh, us a couple more if you can, because that, that's, okay, that's well, that, intriguing. <laughs> it's intriguing. Well, the, the second one, the second one is, is a, is a clear one. It, it's about, it's about uh, establishing and building rapport. We all know how important rapport yeah. is, uh, and it's about it's about really uh, transferring all of your attention onto them. And I like to think about uh, me disappearing. I'm putting so much attention on you that I disappear, and you can feel that the customer feels that. And what we find is that uh, when you're willing and able to adjust your style to suit theirs, they're much more willing and able to adjust their thinking to suit yours. That's a continuing process, as we know. Mm-hmm. Then moment number three could be very early in the conversation, or it could be later if you're building a lot of personal rapport, and that is you need to uh, take the lead or give the conversation some structure. Otherwise, you're just talking randomly, which is what you're doing with me now. You're giving you're giving the conversation some structure, right? Uh, and the best way to do this in a collaborative sense is to say, well, uh, you're answering four questions. You're saying, why is the conversation taking place? What outcome are we after? Uh, how do we plan to get there? And finally, so what's going to be next? So this conversation is part of an overall relationship. So I might say, look, Bob, the reason we're getting to, together today is that uh, you're you're looking for a, a new approach to sales effectiveness and profitable sales growth in your organisation. Um, by the end of the conversation, uh, I'll share with you an approach uh, called collaborative conversations, which may assist your team. I'll firstly understand how you're thinking about your business and what you're doing with your sales organization. I'll share uh, my experience and then we can agree to go forward or not. How does that sound? Oh, that sounds terrific. Okay. Well, Bob, do you mind if I ask you, what are you doing now with regards to boosting profitable sales revenue? And then I start I move into it that way. So it's all about you, not about me. I'm I'm always giving, I'm always giving an out. I'm always letting him get out. 
And, and that you bring up a great point with that idea. I, I like how you mentioned before how you disappear. You just explain that you disappear. And guess what? When I know there's going to be something that I need to call, you're the guy I can call because I, I know you can make it happen and you get out of the way and make it happen. And that's refreshing exactly. yeah, as a company or as a, you know, a user or whatever. It's in, that's important to me. Uh, exactly. And it's interesting. Uh, many years ago, Bob, I worked at Ogilvy and made the advertising and Ogilvy is still a big brand globally. And there was a beautiful uh, neon lights in the reception, like behind the reception desk. And the neon light, uh, light said, never get caught between the client and the footlights. And it was a quote from David Ogle. In other words, the client is always center stage. You, right. you are never center stage. You, you've got to disappear. You've got to get out of the process. It, right. It's all about them achieving the objective. So that's moment number what, three. That's taking the lead. And that, that's just not leading in a dominating, aggressive sense. It's just take, giving the conversation some structure and leading it. Because so many conversations have no point. Yeah. People are just talking and... Hopefully, a, a conclusion will arise somewhere. Yeah, that's, uh, that's good. especially when you go to lunch meetings, they go all over the place. It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, what are we here for? You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what are we here for again? It's good yeah. to get the business in those sorts of situations. I like getting the business done first, getting it out of the way, then we can enjoy a good meal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If the, that's the purpose. Yeah. Well, and that's a, 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 you know, I like that because, you know, we you are there for a reason. I mean, let's, you know, let's get down to what we need to get done um, and remember why we're there. Um, I think part of what you're talking about, too, there is you help the the customer or the client feel comfortable. And I, yeah. I hear that just in your examples that you're giving. And that's so interesting because it does. It eases you off from that edge of, OK, what's he trying to push? What's he trying to sell? But you're making me feel yeah. comfortable yeah. so that it doesn't it's not a confrontation scenario. No, and, and a really interesting thing too, uh, Bob, is what I found is that the more I try and back out, <laughs> the, the more the customer backs me back in again. Right. Yeah, they keep it, pulling you in. <laughs> it, it, it's it's an interesting, interesting, and they're not doing it like in a in a superficial way, but it's really interesting, uh, and it's a, it's a really good, uh, it's a re really good measure of of how relevant this conversation is because I, I'm not sure about your listeners, Bob, but my clients uh, waste so much time with prospects they're never going to buy from them. Right. That's a very good point. Yeah. Know your it's, value. It's, know it's, who your big clients are. Yeah. And, and, you, and you're sort of nice to each other. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm pretending you're going to buy from me. Uh, you're pretending you're going to buy. This pretending goes on for a couple of months and the meetings get delayed and delayed and delayed until eventually it just disappears. Now, I, I like to sort of do uh, almost the opposite of a close early and say, look, uh, Bob, if you're not interested in proceeding, that's really cool. I just, I'm really keen to understand your business, really keen to understand whether or not this is going to work. Because the last thing I want, I mean, you you and your organization are my greatest salespeople. The last thing I want is to, is to sell this to you and it doesn't work. I don't want that to happen. I want to make sure that if we do proceed, it's going to work for you and your guys, because that, that's that's what I'm after. Oh, oh no, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Let, let's continue the conversation. So it's you're constantly giving, you're constantly just giving it a temperature check to make sure that this is going to proceed. Because I don't want to work with people that want to waste my time. That right. sounds arrogant, but it's just I, I'm really busy. I've got yeah. meetings. I've got other things to do. I've got five kids and a wife and a dog and a cat. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, you don't have time for, for messing around here. <laughs> I don't want to mess around, you know. Yeah. And I don't mess around. I, I want to work with people that, you know, that are going to be good good prospects, good clients, and enjoy the process. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, – yeah, you got a lot of a lot of shoes to you know put on feet. So <laughs> <laughs> a lot of feet to put shoes on. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've, got, I've got lots of feet to feed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That too. You know, if they're boys, I know your refrigerator is always empty, and so is your wallet. So <laughs> I've got three. Well, I've got I've got yeah. I've got two boys and three girls. I oh mean, wow! The, the girls don't eat as much, but they're a lot more expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Just say, say. So where are we? We're up to, up to step number three. Yeah. Um, yep. And 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 four. The fourth moment is it's going to happen right after moment number three. Is this is the understanding moment where uh, I, I took a lot of good advice here from Stephen Covey. I'm sure your listeners yeah. would know the seven habits. And this is, you know, seeking first to understand before seeking to be understood. Before we throw a proposal out or pull the PowerPoint deck out and show all these slides, I, I need to understand how you're thinking. Like, uh, I need to understand how you make decisions. So mm -hmm. say, and I'm looking for four things here. I'm looking for um, what sort of criteria you use. I want to know what order those criteria are in. I want to know what they mean. And I also want to know what you want to do most to avoid. Because okay. uh, you, you might say, oh, look, Peter, that's really cool, but um, uh, budget's a really big issue for us. Um, we're yeah. very sensitive. The boss is really sensitive to budget. So what does what does sensitive budget mean for you, Bob? What, what does that mean? Um, I'm really curious. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I said dig into what dig into what this means. Right. Uh, and I might also ask you, I might say, look, what do you want to do most to avoid here? Like what concerns you the most? And that's when the conversation gets really honest. Yeah, yeah. You get a really honest answer to the, the question. And so I really need to know because what I don't want to do is recommend something that won't work. Yeah. I want to make sure. What are you concerned the most about this approach? Uh, and so, and that might be most of the conversation. That might be the entire conversation is understanding their criteria. And they may not know their own criteria. They right. could have they, they not thought about it for a while. Well, yeah. just that statement you just said there, they may not know it. When you're talking to a prospective client and say their manager has to approve or their director has to approve something, how do you make sure they're part of that conversation? Because that's always an important one of who's signing the check, you know, who's yeah, writing yeah, the PO. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And I, I did some work recently. I wouldn't say who it is, but it's a Globally, very well-known um, CRM provider, mm -hmm. uh, a very, very uh, household name in, in CRM. And I said, what are you looking for? And they said, oh, look, most of our sales are falling down at the end uh, because we didn't include key decision makers in the process early. Okay. Uh, so one of the questions you might ask is, you, in, in a, like a, in a bigger sale, you might say, like, uh, who's involved in the decision and how was the decision made? Right, uh, because the last thing Bob, you and I want is to is to uh, not get them engaged or yeah. not have them happy with what we're proceeding with. Yeah, because ha how would Mary feel if this gets three months down the track and Mary doesn't know we're even having this conversation? Yeah, yeah, or the cost or what's involved with it. Yeah, exactly. So we <laughs> should bring Mary, Mary into the tent early. So how about we? Like, this is you and me, Bob. How yeah. about you and I talk to Mary and and uh, and get her perspective? Right. Because she's likely to have some great ideas anyway. If she's in a different part of the business and she's more senior, she's likely to have some great ideas for us. Right. 
So we try and work out who those people are and bring them in the tent early. Good. Uh, like not nice and, and ask them the same sorts of questions. We get, we get Mary and said, Mary, we understand you're the commercial director here. Uh, we're, 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 um, we're discussing implementing X, whatever X might be. Right. Uh, what's your, what's most important for you? Right. Uh, and ask her the same sorts of questions. Okay. Good, good. I know that's always a big one, you know, as a speaker, that's always key when you're talking to people, they, you know, they want to know about you, want to know what you can do, how you can help them. And the, one of the key questions is because you don't want to get to that point where, well, I'm not authorized to approve this. And it's a month before the <laughs> event. Wait a second, you know, you make sure up front, like you said, you have those key yeah. players in, in contact. Yeah. And, and sometimes the more junior people, sometimes they they puff themselves up a bit they make out they're more important than they really are yeah and yeah but but you get them involved it get them involved or you get other decision makers involved and understand and then once you understand their criteria when you get to the pitching stage you can include other people's criteria to uh because you want to know too because you, you don't want to spend three or four months yeah Talking, talking to Bob and Mary is is really unhappy with the solution because that's going to be a waste of your time. Yeah, definitely. You know? Well, that's interesting. You brought up the idea of pitching because you you have an interesting concept about that that I'd like you to touch on if you could, um, because <laughs> I love it. You talk about you know this um, that you're not we're not raised by PowerPoint parents. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're you're pitching or you're explaining the value of your service, which is different than pitching, you're not just throwing a ball out there. You're showing the value of what you have. How do you do that with integrating storytelling and not using PowerPoint slides? Because that's always a pet peeve of mine. I, I get so bored with PowerPoint slides. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you feel that way, Bob. I, I often ask people, I'm working at a pitch and and they'll say, oh, Peter, uh, we'll send you the pitch. And I said, how can you send me the pitch? Oh, we're going to send you the deck, uh, the, the PowerPoint deck. And yeah. to me, the PowerPoint deck is like uh, it's like the Titanic sinking. Uh, the, the more I see X, the more opportunity is going to sink. And what I see is people being afraid of pitching. Yeah. Uh, and the, the more afraid they are, the more PowerPoint they make. Too many slides, too complicated, too much information, too little time, uh, too many people making different parts of the presentation. Right. They don't know what each other is saying. It's all very confusing. They have like a, a run through the night before or the day before. No one can understand what, what the hell it's about. And somehow, magically, the next day we're going to wake up and the, the customer's going to, oh, I get it. Right. Yeah, no, it <laughs> never works. Yeah. No. Yeah, and and we all we all know we all know that that stories uh, stories are the most persuasive way to communicate. We know that, uh, and part of that is that there's a, there's a there's a disbelief that go like you you actually get transported into the story. Like it's called narrative yeah. transportation. So your disbelief is suspended for a while. Like you feel like if you I mean I watched Top Gun a little while ago, the latest Top Gun movie. Uh -huh. And you're actually in the movie. You feel like you're, you're flying a jet. You feel like you're Tom Cruise. <laughs> uh, so it's a, you, you take that same you take that same criteria that you learned in all those understanding stages, all those conversations, and you translate that into a story. Mm -hmm. And it would begin it would begin by saying something like, "Here's here's what you're looking for. Here's what you're looking for. Here's why you want it. But there's a reason you can't have it. Right. 
Uh, and that's what we're here to discuss. And, and that's how all stories begin. I mean, if you watch a great movie, you'll be introduced to a character like a Tom Cruise. Yeah. You'll see what he wants and why he wants it. Like he wants to be, he wants to fly again. Why? Because he's a, an American patriot. He really wants to serve his country maybe one last time, but he can't have it because he's getting a bit old. Yeah. Right. And the whole movie's about him managing that and finally getting what he wants. Uh, and you think, well, a, a pitching story is the same. It, it's the same, got the same structure. And it, instead of you being the hero, you're not the hero. Your product's not the hero. Your company's not the hero. The customer is the hero. Right. Uh, okay. They're the hero. Uh, they want something, that what they want, why they want it. And that's going to demonstrate how well you understand them. You understand, here's what you want. Here's why you want it. But here's what's getting in the way. Here's why you can't have it. That that's the beginning, and then the rest is okay. Here's how we can, here's how they can unfold, right? Uh, and and uses uh, when I'm when I'm pitching with my clients, um, we use as few slides as possible. Good, <laughs> amen. Again, that yeah. goes that collaborative relationship. That's a great idea. Yeah, it it, 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 it is a relationship. I mean, I, I remember I, I was I was working with a um, with, with a global apparel company recently, and they were. The, the people that own the brands in, in, in Southeast Asia were pitching those brands to a global organization that was buying them all up. And uh, it, it was run it was run by some brothers, the organization I was talking to. And uh, I, they said, oh, Peter, can you come in and see the pitch? I said, okay, pitch it to me. I'm the customer. So I sat there, listened to it. And I said, can I be honest with you? And they said, yeah. And I said, uh, I can be honest. They said, they said, yeah. And I said, well, it's boring and it's confusing. Uh, and it's really hard to bore somebody into buying something from you. You can try it. <laughs> yeah, like, it usually doesn't work. Seriously, <laughs> it usually doesn't work. And then I said, so what's the story here? And they, they talked about the story of how they built the business in this part of the world. And I said, it, it's a story of growth. Yeah. What you're talking about here is 30 years of growth that you and your brothers have, have put together. So you are selling a story of growth and what you're looking what you're looking for is for the buyers to take you on the next leg of that story. That's what they're buying. So let's talk about this. Let's make that the story. Yeah. And then you don't need slides because you know your story. Exactly. That's <laughs> the best part. Slides. Yeah. That's where that excitement yeah. comes into play because you already know that, you know, that book very well. <laughs> oh. Yeah. yeah. And, and it was a great story. It was a really interesting story. And of course, it, because they were talking about, um, their father and, and their family, it, it got a lot more emotional and it got a lot more real. Yeah. And I felt like I was li listening to real people. Good. Uh, and yeah. th they went to, they went to Tokyo, they made the pitch and he sent me a text, uh, uh, mission accomplished story told. And it, it, it worked. Great. Not because I'm a genius, but because stories work. Yeah. Well, people relate. But you can't tell, a, that's right. But you can't tell a great story unless you've done the, influencing and collaboration piece first because that's going to give you how to tell that like what story you're telling and how to tell it that's the first step and the second step's the pitching okay great yeah awesome yeah. this is some good information peter where can people find out more about you and your book and the products you offer and the services you offer well the, the easiest place to find me bob is is peteranthonyconsulting.com it's it's all really easy to find peteranthonyconsulting.com you'll find my website you'll find me on youtube you'll find me on on facebook 
And if they want Calabra, it rhymes with abracadabra because it's magic, the magic yeah. of collaborative conversations. And you can find that uh, on Amazon. I'll check it out. Uh, and it's uh, it's terrific. And I hope your, your listeners have got some value today. Great. I think they have. I know I have. So I'm going to be looking for that, getting that book and uh, looking to enjoy that. So I appreciate it so much. So Peter, I want to thank you for taking the time today to be a guest on the Encouragement Engineering Podcast. I really appreciate your time, your knowledge, and the relationship building. So thank you so much. Absolute pleasure. Thank you, Peter. I appreciate it. You have a great one. Thank you. Hello, this is Bob Brum, your Encouragement Engineer. I want to be your contrarian. I want to help you in the battle to overcome the negativity that inundates our daily lives. You're better and greater than your situation, and you've been given a gift by our great creator. As an encouragement engineer, I can help you to see the value of a positive perspective, positive actions, and positive mindset in your life. No matter if you're a solopreneur, a corporate contributor, or a large organization, the value of your greatness needs to be shared with the world. As an author and encouragement engineer, I would love the opportunity to enlighten your organization with the value of positivity for your situation. We can overcome negativity with the light of positivity. I encourage you to contact us at BobBrumSpeaks.com for more information, and let's have a conversation about your situation and how we can help you. Thanks for joining us on the Encouragement Engineering Podcast. To learn more about the services Bob provides, please visit his website at bobbrumspeaks.com for more information. And please feel free to share this podcast to your friends.